Welcome to episode 58 of the Speed Mentor Podcast. We're still working on the collective noun for all the listeners, so I'm delighted to have so many of you walruses, hashtag I am a walrus, and walivers, hashtag I am a waliver, that's W-A-L-L-I-E-V-E-R, finding the show. Hit me up on my social and let me know whether either of those two names, those two collective nouns, works for you. Either way, we're growing like mogwais that haven't been fed and watered. Uh, that haven't been fed, that have been fed and watered after midnight and the longer we feed them and water the wee bastards after midnight, the better because we want to keep growing like those mogwais from that magic show from my childhood, Gremlins. And have a look out for that one uh, and maybe go and check on Netflix or wherever if you haven't already seen it. Brilliant movie. So thank you all. My name is Gavin Wall. I'm a serial entrepreneur and former barrister from Belfast. And I'm here to knock out some mindset and motivation and massive action. Now, I asked some listeners and followers on my social channels recently what they'd like to know about me or about business generally or about leadership. And there was lots and lots of fascinating questions came through. So I thought it might be useful to do an episode covering some of them off. So here it goes. Now, if this episode is shite, I'm blaming you lot, so you have been warned. So the first question that came in was, Gavin, what's your favourite book? Now, for me, there are so many books and I think I'll actually do a whole episode around all of my favourite books sometime soon. But I think it's worth highlighting a couple of useful issues at this time. Now, I'm personally very limited on on time, so I have a strong preference at this stage of my life for doing things to maximise productivity in everything I do. So audiobooks are my preference now rather than the paper form. So I think it was worth pointing that out. Having said that, the book that I'm has had most impact on me personally was The Chimp Paradox. And I've mentioned that before. That's by Professor Steve Peters. And it really helped me get control of my inner chimp. And that was a huge thing for me. But this is a book that I think you actually need to read in paper form rather than an audio, as there's a whole lot of difficult work that you have to do in follow-up to the book to get the most out of it. And it's more difficult to do that in audio form. So that's that's the first question down here, folks. I hope you enjoyed that one. Now uh, question number two, what's the one thing you must do daily? Now, I thought about this for a while and there were a whole lot of uh, different answers I came up with, but I plumped uh, for this one. You must go forward. You must make progress every single day. It's the compound effect of that persistent forward motion over time that creates the velocity in my life where I'm literally like Mickey Mouse and Fantasia, you know, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, making things dance to my own tune. But what do I mean by going forward every day? It's okay. Okay, I'm on full beans 80% of the time. I'm probably 10% of the time I'm just doing okay. And another 10% of the time, I wonder what the fuck I'm doing it all for. But during that 20%, the 10% plus the 10%, where I'm not a man on a mission, I always drag myself forward. Maybe just doing small, boring tasks, maybe even paperwork, which I hate, just to keep progressing forward and generating a sense of satisfaction um, that one doesn't normally perceive on those days when you're having a really shitty day. So it's tiny baby steps every single day, a little self of a little sense of achievement every single day, even in the shitty days. 
Does that make sense? I hope that works for you folks. Okay, number three, how do you wind down or do you ever wind down? My answer to that is quite simple. It just doesn't happen. I never wind down and um, I, I just uh, enjoy what I do. Okay, number four, has the internet had an impact on your business success? Now, social media uh, has been massive for me. I've been in lots of traditional businesses, law, property, franchise, FMCG, but I always felt that so much more to give to the world and that those, than those industries actually enabled me to do. Now, the internet and social has enabled me to express everything that those who know about me and experience me on a one-on-one basis have been able to see all my life, or certainly in the last 22 years since I started taking my own personal development and success seriously. Now, it started about four years ago in relation to social um, with Yogi Berry when a member of staff, that's a, a nice cream and a frozen yogurt business that I had, a chain that I set up, and a member of staff set up a Facebook account for me. That was four years ago for that business. <gasps> and things really changed. And I immediately found it really easy to communicate my natural style um, onto social and started... It all started with one hashtag, which was hashtag back in North Belfast. Hashtag back in North Belfast. And from day one, I became synonymous then with back in North Belfast. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, number five, what makes you so driven? Now, I've touched upon this uh, once or twice before. I've had lots, I had lots of ability from a very early age, which I pretty much wasted until I was 27 years of age. And really, it was the pain or perceived loss and the letdown um, from my father, which really sparked a rage of white-hot ambition in me at 27. In summary, and very quickly, I was quite entrepreneurial, but my father was a senior partner in a very successful solicitor's practice, Donnelly and Wall solicitors here in Belfast. Now, I wasn't forced, but through osmosis or expectation, I went to study law at university. Now, after five years of study and legal apprenticeship, just two weeks before I qualified as solicitor, my dad came home on a Friday night with a few drinks on him um, to tell me the following. Look, son, you'll be paddling your own canoe. I'm taking early retirement. And my life literally ended in that moment, or so I thought. Two weeks later, I was probably the only ever unemployed solicitor in Belfast. Now, here you shouting, one less ambulance chaser for us to worry about. Thank God. But it didn't feel like that to me. Now, I couldn't get a job anywhere in any other firm as no one else knew that my dad was taking early retirement. So every job interview I went for, I was told, uh, we couldn't give you a job as you'd only leave leave us and go to Donnelly Wall after we'd maybe invested six or 12 months of our time into training you further. Now, believe me, it was tempting to tell them what I knew, but I didn't. Now, this was a brut- brutally painful period. And as the Happy Mondays would say, twisting my mellows, man. It was three years of pills, thrills and belly aches before I became or I began to process the pain. But what it created in me was a burning desire to match and even surpass the achievements of my dad. And that drove me on for nearly 10 years until I achieved exactly that. Okay, so sometimes pain can be a useful thing to use to drive you to achievement and success. Now, number six, do you still work long weeks? The answer to this, uh, my friends, is yes, I'm probably at the extreme end of what people are prepared to be able to work or or, are able to work. Uh, Currently, that's at 100 hours per week due to the podcast, but I want to return that to 80 hours a week where my family and I are comfortable once I manage to work out a way to do these podcasts a wee bit quicker and a wee bit more smoothly. Number seven, do you have any bad habits? I can 
You mightn't believe this, but I have no bad habits. I've had many, many bad habits over the years. Maybe even addictions, who knows, but I've drinking, gambling, you name it. In fact, every single bad habit you can possibly think of, um, I have had at one time or another. But I've stripped them all out one at a time. And really, I'm left with three things in my life now is family, work and spurs. Albeit, I suppose somebody might say that Spurs is a bad habit. Although we're on our way to the Champions League final and I'm going to be there. You go on the Spurs. Number eight, what's your greatest achievement? Hmm, my greatest achievement. Um, it hasn't happened yet. When I'm the number one entrepreneur in Northern Ireland, that will be my greatest achievement. And then I can stop. Number nine, why are you such a big Spurs fan? I have always been an outsider, a black sheep. I sig when other people sag. So when everyone else in my class in primary school was either a Manchester United or a Liverpool fan, I was always going to go a different route. Now, all of a sudden, Glenn Hoddle appeared on my radar in 1977 like a footballing god bedecked in the most beautiful white Admiral Spurs kit. And I was in love. I was in love with the man. Oh my God, Glenn Hoddle. I don't know if anybody else um, felt the same way, but... I have a brother who's one year younger than me who then became a Spurs fan also because of the influence I had on him. How you making? How you keeping? And then a brother, another brother, who's 16 years younger than me and he became a Spurs fan from the cradle. God help him. His first ever game was against Chelsea when he was 12 years of age and I took him and we got beaten 6-1 and he's still going 25 years later. Now, uh, sorry, my sister Claire, she's now a Spurs fan and she has a, uh, a season ticket actually at... White Hart Lane along with the rest of us. Now, my wife's a Spurs fan and so were my kids. So um, they were told very, very early in their lives that it was the orphanage for anyone who didn't toe the line. And I'm not joking, I tell them that regularly. So it's a huge, huge family affair between my sister who lives in London and my brothers and a friend. We have eight season tickets at the new Spurs Stadium. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, number 10, why are you so hard on yourself? Um, the reason I'm so hard on myself is because there's so much to achieve, but there's so little time and I don't want to leave anything on the table whenever I meet St. Peter at the Pearly Gates and he tells me about the life that I could have had. I want to surpass what St. Peter or anybody else I thought I could achieve. Number 11, do you make time for friendship or is being an entrepreneur lonely? Um, see, to be honest, outside of being an entrepreneur and my family, there's virtually no other time. But the relationships I have within those two spheres are so great that I feel fully nourished. Number 12, what were you like in school? Now, I had the, the ability at school. I was pretty good. I could have been pretty well, I could have been pretty good. Could have been very good, in fact. But I was pretty disruptive from an early age. And I was almost totally disinterested in schoolwork, but was a brilliant talker um, to get my way out of every single scrape. Um, but I had enough about me to get through the exams usually um, with the bare minimum needed to progress. And that was normally just actually turning up for the exam for me. I was fairly good at that. Now, my highlight of school, interestingly, I'm going to give you a wee bit of insight, which might actually let you know why I became the person that I am in a way. But my highlight at school, the only one I can really think of, um, was uh, when I joined the debating, the debating society, which had always been one of the school societies with the smallest amount of student numbers in it. Now, but I personally transformed um, the school debating society 
through a whole lot of marketing that I did. I marketed the shit out of every event. I created really interesting topics for debates, really challenging debates. And we started selling out, totally selling out really large events, and which I put on. We had to switch it from a classroom into the main school hall just for the numbers of people that we had that were ultimately coming to the debates because I was running the marketing department of the School Debating Society. And my best friend and I, a guy called Thomas Fitzpatrick, who was also um, my best man, we toured all the other schools and universities and debated regularly. Now, he was always a better debater than me, but I always had the X factor. How are you, Tom? I hope you're listening, mate. I hope you're keeping well. Now, if you went back and looked at those things that I did then, in fact, I also... Tom Fitzpatrick, actually, he was also a lead singer. We had a band called, it started out, its first name was The Forlorn Hope. And then we shortened it a wee bit to The Hope. And um, we then, I actually was the manager. Jesus, this comes straight back to the podcast. I was actually the manager of the band. There was five of us because I couldn't sing. We actually tried to get me to do backing singing. Just literally had one or two lines per song. And my timing always came in at the wrong (laughs) time. That's bizarre, actually, given what we've done in this podcast. I always came in at the wrong time, and um, I was always out of tune. We were, you know, they must have been playing in the wrong octave or something like that. And we used to play in, in pubs called like the Glen Inn. We played in a big gig at the school and stuff like that, and I was the manager. I give a wee shout-out to a guy from the past called Joe Cassidy, who was most, one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life, and he had a band at that stage called The Butterfly Child, and my favourite song by them was I Should Be So Lucky, a cover of uh, Kylie Minogue's. Joe's massively talented. He lives out in Chicago now and he went on to have a, a lot of success in the music industry. But I remember we did a double header um, with him at the Glen Inn and I took the money on the door and I got a full cut. So I did because I was able to drive the people um, to the shows. Now, that'll give you an insight into me. You've, you've heard me talk about the greatest showman. And if you go back to when I was 17 and 18, I had no interest in schoolwork, but the DNA of who I am was actually in all of that stuff there. So, uh, question number 13. When do you feel your personal development journey started and what got you started down that path? Um, I started at 27 and if you go back, age of 27 and now 49, if you go back to the answer about why I am so driven about my father, that's how it all started, if I'm honest. I wanted to just push myself each day and to improve each and every single day from then and I hope I have, I think I have. Now, number 14. What do you do if you don't feel in a good mood? Um, I think I've referred to it a wee bit earlier on. I just make sure I progress even a baby step if I feel like I'm having a really bad day. Just a tiny sense of achievement. Number 15, your favourite food. What's your favourite food? Now, I'm easy going on the food front, uh, to be honest. It might be roasted parsnips, maybe a wee bit of roasted parsnips. I had no Christmas dinner for seven years there when I was going through my seven years of sacrifice. And um, The first year that I came back, um, which was two or three years ago, three years ago, to have Christmas dinner after having none for seven years because I was out working on Christmas Day. And when I tasted the roasted uh, roasted parsnips um, on with my Christmas dinner, that just uh, blew my mind. But probably my beverages are the most important thing to me, really, in my life, my beverages. Now, it's a can of cold dad Coke from the can, a can of cold dad Coke from the can, and also a Belfast Brew black tea, um, which I absolutely love. Uh, number 16, why an electric car and not a Porsche? Um, to be honest, answer that question, I've led a really charmed life and have been fortunate enough to own and drive Porsche 911s and cars like that, convertibles, total poser I was um, back in my 30s. So I wouldn't say that someone shouldn't buy cars like that, 
but only do it if you can actually afford it. Now, I could afford it whenever I bought them, but I have a thing about Northern Ireland in particular as a real problem with spending on quality German cars and the like when they can't really afford it just to keep up with the Joneses. And I did an episode about that last week. This is so detrimental to long-term abundance and legacy building. So part of my shtick now is to lead the way that I want others maybe to follow in behind me, to give them a bit of top cover to show that you can make different choices. Uh, and I've seen that in my in the mindsets of my mentees and others due to my lead. Now, in relation to the electric piece, because I have an electric car, a wee smart car, I'm pretty much into green and clean energy. I have a biomass boiler, a domestic one, not one of the Ash for Cash ones um, that anybody from Northern Ireland will know about. And I also have solar panels. I also have a green roof on the extension of my house. I also have triple glazing, so I'm really into sort of green and clean energy. Number 17, what would you spend money on if you were going to treat yourselves? Self, um, I, well, I don't often, I don't really do much of that, but probably a nice pair of shoes uh, by Jeffrey West. Uh, Jeffrey West shoes are, are my absolute favourite. Number 18, what makes a good mentee? This is a tough one. I'll have to, maybe I have to watch what I say here, but all mentees are different and it's the ability of them to flex and adapt and find a way through, um, or my ability to adapt and find a way through with each mentee um, that just to coax them out of the shell. And if I can't coax them, I just go and fucking smash the shell. Um, as I, it's great to have someone who actually takes their personal development seriously. That's a much easier person to um, to mentor. And I, I, I used to do all my mentoring, funny enough, on pro bono. And it took me a very long time to move away from that because I couldn't bring myself to charge for something that I really enjoyed doing. But ultimately, when someone has taken the time to invest in themselves, they're far more likely to be able to deliver success as they've all re- they're already ready to receive. So anybody who's made an investment in themselves is normally ready to receive I'm looking for someone who wants to take their personal development seriously. I'm looking for someone who wants to identify goals and let me help them deliver them. Okay. Number 19. Um, what's making you most excited these days? Okay. Well, um, the startup scene, the startup or tech scene in Belfast is a really, really exciting place to be at the minute. And I'm currently blessed to be involved in two startups. That's Aubergine, which is seeking to disrupt the beauty, cosmetics and wellness sector uh, sectors, and Asset Nexus, which is seeking to disrupt the legal and fintech world. Now, start. <laughs> what can I say about startups? Startups are crazy. More can happen in a week in a startup than would happen in a traditional business in a year. And I'm enjoying. I don't know if enjoying is the right word, but I'm certainly having. Um, I'm certainly learning quite a bit, pitting myself against some of those challenges and trying to help the teams that we have and both of those businesses really strive forward um, to have success. And I think that we are going to have success with those two businesses, with brilliant teams, um, we've got brilliant aspirations, um, we've got, we're really going into blue ocean territory and we're going to smash it. Okay, number 20, what's your biggest challenge at the moment? I would say, please see the previous answer. Uh, number 21, relationships. Uh, this is a question that came in. I struggle uh, and the question went, I struggle uh, with what to prioritise, my business career or my love life. And this person has said that they're single at the minute. Now I'm saying, uh, this came through a question on Instagram. So I'm saying, if you're young and in your 20s, I say crack on and achieve as much as you possibly can at this stage. Because your ability to deliver will inevitably be curtailed when relationships and family come along. So max your opportunity when you can in your late teens and into your 20s. Number 22, I think with 23 questions in total, folks, 
So we're coming to the end. How do you drown out the noise uh, from people unable to understand your mission without isolating them? Now, I would say, number one, practice makes perfect at this. But firstly, you must know what it is that you're seeking to achieve. You must know what it is you're seeking to achieve. If you haven't set very specific goals, if you haven't visualised them really deeply, if you don't know um, when you're going to plan on hitting those goals or how you're going to hit those goals or who's going to come on that journey um, with you or what team you need to build or what resources you need to um, get involved, then you'll be knocked off by the views or the comments of others. So get really proficient about your goal setting to develop the thicker skin required to achieve them. And the last question, number 23, how do you break the Northern Irish mindset of chopping away at people? Um, uh, and how do I do that? Um, uh, let me see, how do you break the Northern Irish mindset um, that there is out there of chopping away at people whilst I can help other people still grow at the same time? Number one thing to do is to work on your own mindset. Don't worry about anyone else's until you've done the work on your own mindset and until you're already winning in your own mind. Feed only the good stuff into yourself until you've developed an unstoppable mindset. And I have an episode about that as well earlier on. And check out that episode and start developing your own mindset. When you develop your own mindset, the answers to all of these questions come a lot easier, folks. So That's it for another episode of the Speed Mentor Podcast. Before we go, here's a wee review. Um... And it's titled, it's from Paddy Fecker. And uh, Paddy Fecker, I think he's also known as James Savage. And he's entitled his, um, he's given a title, his comment, uh, laughing out loud with three exclamation marks. And he says, inspiring podcast from a very special man. Keep up the good work. What about shite hawks for the name of your supporters? Shite hawks? I know, <laughs> fuck's sake, Paddy. I know, I, know I, give, I know I give the guys a wee bit of a tough time, a wee bit of a kick in the proverbials. Um, rather than a tickle on the other belly, but shite talks. I don't know. Hit me up on my social. Maybe you like that one, guys. Maybe that's what you want to be called. Now, if you want to get a shout out just like Paddy, a.k.a. James Savage, then drop a review on your podcast platform or do a post on your social if your podcast platform doesn't have a review mechanism and make sure you tag me in it and I'll give you a shout out. Don't forget how important your subscriptions are to me too. Thanks for all the questions from so many listeners who posted these questions largely on the gram um, where I'm having great crack at the moment. But hit me up on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter too and let's get the conversation going. You've been talking to the wall. Thanks for joining me today. I'm going to be slurping secret sauce for the rest of the day as I chase down my gorilla goals. I hope I've inspired you to do the same. Either way, it's your choice. <laughs>